Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. That is always God's will for us, is that we overcome, that we win. Not that we be defeated, not that we be uh, robbed or destroyed in any shape, form, or fashion. That's the work of the enemy. But the scripture tells us that the victory that overcomes the world, the thing that gives us victory over everything in the world, is our faith, even our faith. And so there's a lot that's been said about faith, and I certainly don't claim to know all there is to know about faith. I'm a student of faith. And so we got faith school. And we've got students here of faith, and you're a student of faith. So get your uh, Bible, get something to make a note with, and come on in. We've saved you a seat. Come on in and join us. And let's pray and release faith that we do actually feed our spirit and our faith today, and we come up to a stronger place in walking in faith and living by faith. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity, and pray that you'd quicken everyone that is uh, joining in and that you would open up eyes and ears and hearts. Give us answers, we pray. Direct and show us exactly uh, what your will is and what your way is. We ask for it and we purpose to be not just hearers only, but to be doers. And we thank you for doing great things in our life. We say, get glory to yourself in it all. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We've been for some weeks now uh, on a study of faith in the great Hebrews 11 chapter of faith. And so let's go back there again. This actually begins in the 10th chapter, this passage. So go to Hebrews 10 and verse uh, 32 actually we will begin today. Hebrews 10, 32. He says, but uh, call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. 
And then the very next verse, he says, now faith is. And he goes verse by verse uh, describing what faith is and giving living illustrations of faith of the patriarchs all through this, this whole 11th chapter. Now notice that he, he's talking about the context of this, and it's so important that we don't just pull a half of a verse out of a passage and not be aware of what uh, the Spirit of God was saying before the verse and after the verse. And you see the context of this is that they were being persecuted uh, for their faith and for their stand for the Master and even um, were subjected to having their possessions taken away from them and a number of things. And so he's encouraging them, don't uh, cast your confidence away, he says, uh, because it has a great recompense of reward. And then he goes on to say, the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. We're not of them that draw back unto destruction. What, what is the drawing back that he's referring to? He's talking about people backing off of their faith. People backing off of their confidence in Christ. Backing off, and, and of course that, that covers all of the faith walk. If you if you're being persecuted to the point where you decide it's not worth it, um, it's costing me too much, it's too hard, then, and you're not trusting in the master for your salvation and you're not identifying with him and being the witness, then um, you're not going to be walking by faith in any other area of life. Because all, you know, walking by faith for your healing, walking by faith for your bills to be paid, that's connected to this basic foundational faith in Christ as my Savior. And then if He's my Savior and my Redeemer, that includes Him being my healer and my provider and my protector. And so the Spirit of God is exhorting these saints, and it's recorded for every generation, not to back off, not to give up, not to quit. And when we say give up, give up what? Give up your faith or stop being persuaded of it. Uh, stop and losing your confidence. Uh, this is something that um, it happens all the time that people start out well, but then sometimes they lose their enthusiasm as time goes on, um, the scripture says in um, so many wonderful things here, but it talks about individuals who started out strong, but then, like we said, they, their faith and their confidence ebbed. Do you remember John the Baptist? When uh, Jesus came on the scene, he basically introduced Jesus to the crowds that knew him. John had giant crowds. And there was a time when Jesus was unknown. <laughs> and they thought maybe John was the Christ. In fact, he had to tell them, no, I'm not the Christ. You know, uh, like one fellow said, you need to know who you are and you need to know who you're not. 
<laughs> right? And he told them real plainly, he said, I'm not the Christ. He said, there's one coming after me, the latchet of whose shoe I'm not worthy to stoop down and, and unloose. He said, he's the one. And when he saw him come to be baptized of him at the, at the river, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And he, he declared boldly and confidently to, every, I mean, there were crowds there. And he said, this is him. This is the one I told you about. He is the one. Well, if you look at the, the uh, gospel account writers, you'll see that sometime later, when John was put in prison uh, and some things came up, he sent word by his disciples to Jesus and asked him this question. Are you the one that should come or should we look for another? <laughs> now, uh, you're laughing, but you weren't in his shoes, right? What happened? What happened? Uh, you see the same kind of thing with Peter. You remember there was a time when uh, Jesus said, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And he's asking his disciples, the, the 12, and, and one of them said, well, uh, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're one of the prophets, and and Peter spoke up and said, you're the Christ, the Son of God. Well, he's not mincing words. He's, there's no ambiguity. There's no, no questioning. And yet, uh, we fast forward toward the end of the gospel account, and we see him standing by the, the fire out there uh, the night of the, of the Lord's arrest, saying, I don't know him. Right? I, I don't know who he is. And he denied him three times that night. Now, I'm not saying this for us to point fingers at them and judge. We need to learn from this. How do you get from being so persuaded to questioning what you were so confident about? Well, it's uh, pressures. It's um, the the enemy bringing things against. The Bible tells us in what we call the parable of the, the seed or the parable of the sower, it says that um, uh, when persecution comes for the word's sake, you remember that? It said by and by they are offended. They received the word with joy and they received it quickly, but then when the pressure came, Huh? And when the heat was on, they didn't have enough root, the scripture talks about. They had no root in themselves, and so they endured just for a little while. What do you mean endured? They had that bold, confident, fully persuaded faith, but it didn't last. But a little while, and then when they didn't see things happen as quickly as they thought they should, or the way they imagined that it would, they begin to think, well, what's going on? What's going on? And boy, the enemy will come right in huh? and bring these thoughts and feelings to your mind. It's not working. It's just, this is just a bunch of junk. You don't know what you're doing and, and, and on and on and on. And you can get to the point in a relatively short amount of time where you turn loose of your faith 
and you actually cast your confidence away and you pull back, draw back, and the Lord said, I'm not pleased with that. Can you see that in this passage? I'm not pleased with that. Well, what pleases him? Well, you see, just a few verses later in the 11th chapter, with verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. They that come to God must believe. Believing is not optional for us. It is mandatory. You, you have to believe if you're going to interact with God, if you're going to walk with Him, if you're going to receive from Him, believing is not optional. You must believe that He is. Of course, if you believe that He is and He's God, you believe He knows everything. He has all power. He can do everything. There's no question about can He do it. He is. He is God. And you got to go further than that. You must believe he is a rewarder of those that seek him. Hallelujah. That if you reach out to him, he's not going to leave you hanging. And if you stand and trust him, he's going to respond to you. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. So can you see the exhortation? And the reason I'm saying this, this is what prefaces the 11th chapter. You need to have this mindset before you read the 11th chapter. He's talking about people who started out strong, but he's warning them about giving up and quitting, like many have after they started strong. But then he gives examples in chapter 11 of people who didn't quit. Even if they made a bobble or two, they didn't quit. They stayed on it, and they kept their confidence like Abraham fully persuaded that what God has promised, he was able also to perform. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Well, what about us? Do we have that same spirit of faith? Can we hold fast to our confidence and hold fast to our confession, even though time passes. Time tries trust. <laughs> it tries it, right? Especially if you've got some things in your head about how it was supposed to happen. <laughs> and you, you got to watch that. The reason I said it that way is because you can get some things in your head about how it's supposed to happen or going to happen that the Lord didn't tell you that that's how it was going to happen. You got to watch about filling in the blanks. Huh? Right? You, you really, do. you know how I know? <laughs> you, you really got to watch because uh, he may tell you uh, something's going to happen, but then you jump to conclusions and say, well, uh, that, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen this way. And that, I'm, that's, that's how he'd have to do it. Oh, no, honey, there's a thousand ways he can do it you never thought of, right? But you can get your focus on, well, it, it, I'm pretty sure it'll happen this way and probably happen by this time. And, and I'm pretty, because we need it by that time. And so you, you got some reasoning thrown in and, and just some embellishment. And, um, and then if it doesn't happen that way, then your feathers fall. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you go, oh man, I was counting on that. And, 
And see, you were so stirred up, but now you're cooling off. Can you see what's going on? The enemy comes to steal the word. Again, back to the parable of the sower. He said the enemy comes to take and steal the word. And the persecution comes because of the word. And so the moment you receive the word of God, you have gotten a hot potato. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? You have you got something. And most people don't know it, but the devil knows what the word of God will do. And he knows if he can't get if he can't pry that out of your hands, he can't stop amazing things from happening in your life and miraculous things from how he can't stop the will of God from occurring in your life. So what he's got to do to win this thing is he's got to wear you down or trick you somehow and get you to, of your own will, lay it aside instead of hold on to it. Have you noticed numerous places in the Word where it says, hold fast? Hold fast, right? I mean, right here in this, uh, this 10th chapter that we were just in. Just back up just a few verses earlier, verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he that promised is faithful. Can you count on him? Can you count on him? But this is what fighting the good fight of faith, and the next phrase says, lay hold, laying hold. This is what it's about, is about not getting worn down, not getting worn out, not getting um, disillusioned and disgruntled. Uh, this is one of the reasons why, what, what happened to John the Baptist? What happened to him? I mean, let's back up. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> Sun shining. The river's flowing. It's beautiful. People are getting baptized. It's a glorious day. And here comes Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, he's comes, here comes the master. And John looks up and he goes, it's him. It's him. This is the one. In fact, John was so convincing that when he, you know, if you look in the first couple of chapters of the book of John, the gospel account of John, when he pointed and said, that's him. That's the Lamb of God. John's disciples said, that's him. He said, yeah. They said, bye. <laughs> John was so, so confident in this that his disciples left him in mass and followed Jesus. In fact, some of his diehard disciples said, John, everybody's leaving you and going to him. And that's when he said, I'm paraphrasing, he said, that's how it should be. You know, he should increase. I should decrease. But he's the one. I'm, I'm the servant. He, he's the master. Uh, I, he's the bridegroom. I'm the bridegroom's friend. Right? He knew, isn't it wonderful that he, he didn't try to be something he wasn't. He knew who he was relative to the master. This is true humility. And Jesus said he was among those born of women. There was not a greater than him. And, but he said he that's least in the kingdom is greater than that. Uh, but here we are on this glorious day. And he's, this, he's so clear and so strong. Fast forward. 
you know, months, year two, whatever it was, and uh, John's in prison, not having any fun, and things don't look good, and um, hadn't been in a good meeting for a while, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's hard to pray in here. There's so much ugliness in here. It stinks in here. He hadn't had a decent meal in a while. And um, it's dark. It's dungeon. It's hard. And these thoughts come, well, why hasn't uh, Jesus already taken over the kingdom? Why hasn't he already uh, set up the kingdom and got me out? Why, why? Come on, can you see this? Why? And so uh, you don't have to think that direction too long until you become less confident of what you, come on, can you see that? Now, instead of being so confident, you're questioning. Well, you can't be confident and questioning. This is why we have to know the will of God in an area to have faith there. You can't be questioning whether it's God's will for you to be healed or not and have faith to be healed. Doesn't work. You can't be questioning whether it's God will, God's will for you to be saved or for your needs to be met or to be filled with the Spirit. You've got to get that settled. Then you can have faith for it and receive it. And so eventually he, he calls some of his diehard disciples, you know, and, and says, uh, go to him and ask him. Are you the one? Well, he's the one said he was the one. Come on, can you see that? <laughs> what are we to learn from this, class? The enemy is always trying to wear you down, isn't he? Always trying to wear you out. Always trying to get you to question things you shouldn't be questioning. To, to challenge things you shouldn't be challenging. When it comes to God, you just believe. Right? Without question. Now everybody else, okay, you can question them. But not God. Not His Word. We submit to His truth. His truth is forever established in heaven. Now, in previous times, we, uh, we studied in chapter 11 here, verse by verse, seeing these individuals who did not cast their confidence away. These people who held on steadfast to the end of their situation and saw the results of their faith. In our previous, uh, our most recent studies, uh, we got down to verse 32, Hebrews eleven thirty-two, and it, he said, What shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. So instead of mentioning one per verse, he mentioned several in one verse. He said he's running out of time. <laughs> the time would fail me. Verse 33, these individuals through faith subdued kingdoms. Will faith subdue a whole kingdom? Wrought righteousness, obtained promises. Can you can you get and receive and experience everything God promised you with, with your faith? Oh, hallelujah. Stop the mouths of lions. 
Now that's, that's literal. We know that Daniel was thrown in the lion's den and their mouths were shut tight and they couldn't eat him no matter how hungry they were. <laughs> but it's also symbolic. When the strong of this world are threatening you, roaring against you, threatening to consume you, faith will shut their mouths. <laughs> Somebody needed to hear that today. Is that right? So, come on, everybody on the other side of this camera say, faith will shut their mouths. Now, if their mouth is shut, you don't have to listen to their incessant roaring. Is that right? And even better, if their mouth is shut, they can't bite you. They can't bite you. They can't hurt you. Say it another time. Faith, Faith. will shut their mouths. Ah, don't you like that? That'll, that'll preach. Stop the mouths of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in flight. Turned to in fight rather, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Now we got down to that point in our, in our last studies. So verse 35 is where we, we, we get into new territory in the study here. Women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now this, this phrase, this sentence sums up so much that we've been seeing from the 10th chapter all the way through here. Because you remember in chapter 10, uh, we, we read verse 32 through there, they were being persecuted. They were being ill-treated. They were having their possessions confiscated and other things. And so he started there uh, and now he winds up back there in this talking about faith. He said they, uh, they were tortured. Verse 36, others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. That means sawed in two. They were tempted, slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And this is where they broke the chapter, but it's not where the thought breaks. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that word witness could also be translated martyr. It's the same word. Witnesses, can you see how did they make it through all of those trials and tests? By faith. Hallelujah. How will we make it through every trial and test? By faith. Holding on to that full confidence, never letting it go. Somebody say, by faith. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's it today for Faith School. But you can see we're just getting started on this part of it. Come back, join us tomorrow. We'll see you next time in Faith School. I 
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.